Hello, and welcome to the brand new Boise Art Scene Podcast. My name is Morgan, and in an effort to bring more artists to more people, I've decided to shift my focus going forward to podcasts and reels on Instagram. I hope the longer-form interviews will help you get to know the artists I speak with better and allow me to branch out into some of the less visual art forms I've previously avoided. This project has been a learning experience, and as I get more comfortable and confident in the new format, I hope things will get even better. I normally do everything within my power to remove myself from the final product, so deciding to put myself, my mediocre interview skills, and my voice into the world took me a while to be okay with. The artists and the audience are who I'm doing these for, and I would love to hear feedback about what you'd like to see more or less of. I also want to remind everyone out there that we have a Patreon, and if you're able to donate to the project, it is always appreciated. You can also reach out with comments or questions through my website, boiseartscene.com. The interview you're about to hear with BJ Quinn was recorded in January in the home studio she and her husband Tom share just outside of Boise. BJ is a retired stenographer who started creating art as a hobby in her 20s. She's fascinated by reflection and strives to showcase the beauty of light. One of her largest bodies of work has been done to help raise awareness of the roles bees play in bringing food to our tables. I hope you find BJ as fascinating as I did. Can you tell me what your primary medium is? Yes, my primary medium is acrylic, but I have worked in watercolor and oils. I don't do pastels. What got you interested in working in art? I started in my 20s. That's a long time ago. I'm self-taught. And uh, what got me interested in art is, I think when you're an artist, it's just inside of you and you have to paint. You can't avoid it. When you're picking your subjects, uh, what, what drives you towards one or the other? Well, I have over the years become what's called a realist painter. And what drives me is my attraction to reflection. Reflection is a really hard thing to paint. And if you get it right, it's really exciting. For example, painting an airstream. I have some behind me that you may wish to look at or uh, film afterwards, but um, for a long time, perhaps three years, I did a B series and I was, my grandfather was a beekeeper, my brother was a beekeeper, and I started to learn that Einstein said, when the bees go, the human race has four years left. And I decided I need to paint some bees to try to bring awareness and it just mushroomed, and um, I've sold my paintings all over the place. And uh, basically, the wings of a bee are once again reflection. Hard thing to capture, but really beautiful to me. I'm attracted to that kind of art. Uh, so how long have you been uh, professional, working professionally? Well, um, I retired from court reporting and closed captioning in when I was 57. And uh, so I think probably the last maybe 12, 15 years, I have been painting and selling, uh, gratefully. What's it been like for you to uh, 
to build your practice, to build your experience? Uh, what's that process been like? Well, I think that once again, the process is uh, for me, something that is just inside of me that has to come out. You know, um, I can't really paint for the hope that it sells. I have to paint for the hope that it turns out good. And uh, that's really my motivation. And so my process is I basically sketch out what I'm going to do on canvas initially. And then I have the picture. I paint from photos a lot, but I do plein air as well. I really like getting out in nature and painting. I don't do it as much as I should because it's really enjoyable here in Idaho. It's so beautiful. But um, I paint from photos and I have the photo enlarged and up above my painting like I do back here. And away we go. With You mentioned uh, your B series. Mm -hmm. uh, what in, you mentioned a little bit about what inspired you to do that. Uh, what, what has come of that for you? Um, well, a great awareness uh, here in Hidden Springs, we have um, a little restaurant in the center at the beginning of Hidden Springs called Spirals, and they purchased and framed, I mean, displayed a couple of my bee paintings, which was really cool for me to have that in the hood. And what's come of the bee series is basically people I don't even know have found me through social media and purchased, you know, the bee paintings. One of the sweetest purchases was um, a serviceman overseas who knew that his wife absolutely loved bees, found my art, and had us deliver right before Christmas his gift to her, which was a painting of one of my bees. And I just thought that was so sweet. Uh, my mother-in-law is uh, a huge bee fan, and uh, yeah, my yeah peripherally, my wife has uh, showed me things about bees and stuff. And yeah, obviously they're a, a super important part. Of well, the they case. they really are. Um, I think it's something like three out of every four uh, teaspoonfuls of food that you eat. Is responsible uh, is due to a bee's effort, and a bee only lives about forty-five days, approximately. And in that forty-five days, he produces the smallest amount of honey, and yet it makes all the difference in the world. The pollination efforts that they go through to get pollen back to the hive, it also pollinates almond trees fruit trees, flowers, um, so much of the food that we eat. So they're really in peril, and it's important that we recognize we have to start being aware and stop using detrimental uh, pesticides that do nothing but kill them. So what uh, gets you to wake up in the morning and uh, come in here and start working? What, what keeps you doing that instead of anything else? Well, I think when you have something that you really are passionate about, that you basically think about it all the time. And I uh, 
dream about painting. I go to sleep analyzing the painting that I've been working on. I basically wake up thinking, yeah, that's the change that I need to make to that painting. So like I have said from the beginning, it, if you are truly an artist, it's in you. It's just, you can't deny it. You can't avoid it. So when I wake up in the morning, it's art, art, art. Uh, all of our social media is art, art, art. We collect art. We encourage artists that we like. Um, it's, it's our life. So you mentioned uh, earlier uh, teaching aspect to pre-COVID. Mm. How has that been an important part of your practice? Uh, maybe yes. Share? You know, I find that teaching children, it's um, an incorrect phrase. Children teach you. And so I can sit down with a group of kids and their creativity and their enthusiasm inspires me so that I'm basically thinking the whole time that they're painting in their little workshop, I can't wait to get over and try this. And so teaching makes you more passionate, I think. But um, those days for me are over because uh, I've decided to dedicate myself to more painting. And I really enjoy teaching kids. I actually do teach one kid now, but I don't really advertise and I don't really do it any longer. Sure. Uh, let's see here. So you mentioned that you were self-taught. How did you come about that? How is that process? Or what was the process of, of teaching yourself? Well, you know, I've taken workshops. I did not study and get a degree, um, but I have studied with artists that I really admired. Um, but mostly my process is studying <laughs> all forms of art. I mean, like I said, we pretty much eat, drink, and sleep art. We love it. When we look at a hillside, we don't really just say, oh, yeah, there's a hill there. We look at a hillside and we see color and we analyze what color is that? How would we blend that color? How would we mix it to get the light right? Those kinds of things. Uh, so those conversations are enabled by being married to an artist. Uh, I you know, So what's that like being able to bounce ideas back and forth? Well... I've been an artist a lot longer than Tom has, and yet Tom is far more successful than I am. Tom is a very good marketer. He's also very, very talented. In a short period of time, he's just, you know, skyrocketing with his talent. But working and living together with an artist is a very fulfilling, vibrant relationship. And the reason for that is because Despite the fact that our art is very different, I can just look over at his art table and say, can you take a break and critique this for me? And he does the same thing with me. And what that results in is an honesty that we've come to appreciate in each other. We don't sugarcoat it. You know, I mean, there are times when Tom may be done with something. What do you think? I don't like it. <laughs> and the same thing with him. He'll always say, 
Well, it's getting there. You're coming along, which I interpret as, oh, I'm so far from where I need to be. I got to sit down and analyze this again. That is a really helpful thing to have an in-house critique. We've talked about your inspiration. We talked a little bit about your motivation. Um, so are there any opportunities that you feel like you've had specifically here or by being here in Boise or in the Boise area? Well, I find Boise to be a very artistic city in the respect that there are lots of artists, there are lots of groups, there are lots of activities, there are many forms of art, not just one. And the community really supports art, which that feeds me. That is a great place to live as an artist. Uh, could we do more? Most definitely. Um, but you have things like Freak's Alley and uh, um, Jump hosts so many art events. Um, there's just a lot going on here to inspire. Unfortunately, I'm not as involved as I should be because I'm too busy painting. When I get a commission, my whole world just slows down to that commission, and I'm very dedicated to it until it finishes. So I don't have time to go to a lot of meetings and that kind of thing. But I do find Boise to be a very nurturing and encouraging city for artists. Yeah, I uh, I think that's a pretty common sentiment. <laughs> that that's, it's pretty good, could do a little bit better. Uh, do you uh, ever have shows uh, or are you able to find places to do shows? You know, I haven't shown, and I think part of the problem with that is that I do not market like Tom does, and um, I'm just really busy painting. And a lot of the artists I know, that might be one of their biggest problems is they fail to market. And, you know, um, how do people learn about you? But one of the things that's helped me a lot is social media, you know? Yeah, if I didn't have uh, the social media manager that I've got helping me to keep posts flowing, uh, I wouldn't have. Had I might have people. to talk to you about your social media manager. Uh, she does do uh, contract stuff, so <laughs> yeah. It's definitely a big part of it. You know, a lot of the people that I talk to who have gone to art school and stuff, you know, they they talk about how art school teaches you how to do the art and my experience with my own version of you know my degree is in media production which what is that uh but you know i, I you get taught the skills on how to do things but you don't get taught how to go out and write a contract with somebody or yeah. market yourself in any way. You know, you, you bring up an interesting point. You learn the skills of how to do something. And when I have taken workshops, um, I find myself trying to imitate what they're doing rather than bringing that knowledge home and incorporating it in my studio into what I need to do. So I have to limit 
um, workshops and studying like that because for me, it yes, it gives me great ideas, but it also makes me want to be them. And instead, I have to be me and incorporate what they've taught me into my style. And if I take too many courses and too many workshops, I'm lost. I'm not being creative at all. I'm simply imitating. And so I prefer to to limit the study at this stage in my life. If I were brand new, I would encourage an artist, take the workshops, take the courses, anything that helps you learn. Oh, I guess that can bring on a, another comment. Do you have any advice for somebody that's just starting out uh, finding their way in art? I do, and I tell this to my students all the time. It's just paper and paint. Don't get jazzed about it. Don't think you're going to sit down and do a Picasso. It's paper and paint. Let yourself flow. Let your creativity flow. And when you start to find your voice in painting, then hone those skills and it becomes more than paper and paint. But if you start out, oh, I'm so afraid of making a mistake. I, this, I want this to, to be on my grandmother's wall or wherever. Don't do that. Let yourself flow first. So you mentioned that you really picked up in art after uh, retiring. Did you do art prior to that? Or? I did. I've painted since I was 20 years old. And I started out doing um, bodies and portraits. Got far, far away from... I think one of the first good paintings I ever did was a painting of Ursula Andrews in oil. And just, you know went from there. But uh, I sort of have found my niche now doing bees, doing automobiles. Um, I'm currently doing a commission of a 911 Porsche that I've never even met the guy. You know, he's sent me pictures of his car. And when someone contacts me like that, and I don't have the opportunity to go and film their car, um, I request that they give me cars with the absolute best lighting and reflection that they can. Because if it's a rainy day and the car is dull, I don't really want to paint it. And it's not fun and they're not going to be happy. So I prefer to take my own photos and paint from them. But there are times when someone's in New York or New Jersey or somewhere else and they have to send me photos. And so I paint from that. So that's... Uh, kind of interesting then. How do you, uh, how do people go about finding you? Social media. You know, um, you learn how to tag correctly. And, um, you know, if I posted every single day, it would be better. Uh, Tom is very good about that. And I am not. But um, social media just spreads the word. I've had people talk to me about my art from other countries. And how did they find me? Social media. Oh, that uh, we were talking earlier about Rocky Canyon Tile. And right. when I first interviewed them, you know, they mentioned that they were at like 30,000 followers. Uh, 
by the time I got the video edited and posted, they had about 60,000. Wow, that's I, great. I looked at them just the other day and they were at like, I forget if it was 110 or like 170. It was one of those with a close to vertical Good section. Good for them. And it's the, their growth. Yeah, they were talking to me at the time even about people from like India that would watch their videos and and it, it's insane to me <laughs> that there can be that reach. Uh, you know, the art world has changed so much. The art world, uh, to break into it before social media, actually required probably a good sum of money, you know? And um, it's really different now. And what people like as art is really different. And when we start our day, we get coffee, we sit down in front of the fireplace and we check all the art posts of all the people that we're following and it's inspiring. And would I have that opportunity without so, uh, social media? No. Well, and I, I try to remind myself on it, but too, but, uh, I, I, I once saw a post on social media <laughs> that was talking about yeah, you might get discouraged when you only when you post something and you only get, you know, 20 likes or something. But if if you held something up and 20 people came into your room all at once and said, hey, we like this, you know, it'd be overwhelming. So it's mm -hmm. it's kind of a matter of perspective. We look at all the accounts with millions of followers that get thousands of likes and it's easy to by comparison, uh, steal your joy. <laughs> I understand that. What's next for you uh, with your artwork? Well, um, we are talking about taking a cross-country trip in our Airstream. And, of course, we always take our journals and our paints and canvases. And I'm really hoping that I can paint some of America traveling. So I think that's sort of a vacation, but sort of a, an interesting segue for me into something different. Now, do you think you'll be working on painting while you're out or just collecting photo uh, photographs while both, you're- Both, both, but uh, definitely I have to keep painting. You know, I just, it wouldn't feel natural if I didn't. So that's something that I hear a lot of artists say uh, is that they can't, not create art. Uh, do you find that to be something true for you? I do. I really do. It's it's an urge um, inside of you that it just calls you. Uh, maybe not an urge, maybe a calling. But, you know, it's, it's like, come get the brush in your hand and see what you can do. And uh, it just feeds me. Lisa, is there anything that you'd like to talk about that I haven't asked you? Um, I'm going to spin around from the camera for a minute and look over here. Well, I think that the bees, this car, the airstreams, they're all a fascinating study in how you take a flat piece of paper and bring it to life with dimension and perspective. And... That part is, for me, so challenging and hypnotic. I really like that and hope that when I'm done with a painting, it has depth. 
you can see the light, you can see the shine, you could see the bee's wing, the airstream is glittering in the sun. And it's very, very difficult to do that. And I find it, like I said, hypnotic. So is there a time in the painting process where where it really comes together for you? Yes. To get it to shine takes many, many layers. It's not just slapping the paint down and, oh, okay, this color's right. That's not really how it works. It's how the canvas first receives the paint and then the next layer and then the next layer. And I like to use this as an example because I think it's really a good shiny airstream. Now that you've devoted so much time and space and energy to your artwork, uh, do you think it's something that you'll ever stop doing? No, I don't. But what I worry about is what's going to happen to all this art? <laughs> Will my family even want it, you know? <laughs> but um, the same with Tom. I mean, he's got a whole, you know, big collection right out here that he'll probably show you. And, you know, does somebody get that? Uh, what happens to it? But we'll probably paint until our hands don't work anymore or our minds don't work anymore. Thank you for listening to my interview with BJ Quinn. If you'd like to learn more about other artists working in the Boise region, be sure to check out our website, boiseartscene.com, or follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you're in a position to help the project grow, you can find us on Patreon or reach out online.